In this episode, I am talking to one of my very good friends and fellow entrepreneur and business coach, Georgia. Now she is the founder of The Venture Architect, qualified business coach, entrepreneur, ex-city recruiter and coach to professional women looking to create more freedom and profit in their business as they scale from six to seven figures and beyond. She helps people create a team, whether they are hiring their first recruit or they're looking to build out their team that they may already have. And in this episode, we're talking about some do's and don'ts, how to get started, how to move from that feeling of overwhelm and really dive into whether it be your first team hire or really growing your team to get to that next level. So I can't wait to introduce you to Georgia. She's an amazing person and I love working with her and learning from her, especially when it comes to team hire. So let's dive into this episode right now. Hey, hey, you are listening to the Freedom Boss Podcast. This is a new way of thinking and a new way of doing business. Gone are the days of hustling hard, trading time for money and overcomplicated strategies that see you confused, overwhelmed and asking for the nearest exit. I'm making it my mission to simplify business so you can work less and earn more and genuinely have a life full of freedom and abundance. In these weekly episodes, not only am I sharing my own journey and how I've built successful businesses, but I'm also interviewing other incredible entrepreneurs who are killing it in their business and in life. These episodes are a healthy combination of inspiration and practical strategies that will see you build a business and life that you truly love. Let's dive into today's episode right now. Well, hello, Georgia. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so very excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. (laughs) For those of you of these listeners that don't know who you are, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us where in the world you are and a little bit about your business and background. Yeah, of course. So I'm Georgia Fitzgerald and I run a business called The Venture Architect. Um, I am based in the mountains in Switzerland, um, which is a pretty beautiful place to be working and living. Um, I moved here about four years ago for the second time around, uh, having been working in London in recruitment and headhunting. And I now help smaller businesses source um, recruit, grow their teams, scale their businesses through people. So, uh, yeah, I'm coaching in that field, working with kind of entrepreneurs who are looking to build their teams from their first hire to quite a bit bigger, really. Amazing. I definitely can't wait to get into this because I myself struggle with not only letting go of control, but also who the heck to hire. So let's (laughs) dive into this amazing topic because I know there's lots of people out there who would be thinking the same thing. Like, where do we even start when it comes to thinking about who we should hire? How do we even begin? What do we do? Where do we look? What help? (laughs) Just so true. It's such a big um, block for people, which obviously I find bizarre because I'm so used to kind of recruiting and hiring and and making that fit between people. Um, But actually, 
for a lot of people, it's really that feeling of, oh my gosh, where do I even start? Like, I know I need some help, but I'm not really sure what it is. I don't think I've got the time to go out and find it. And I'm not 100% sure I can even afford it. Um, But when you start looking at it from the right eyes, it's quite easy to see, okay, actually, this is something that I could really make work. Um, And you've just got to put that, that time in and get the process right. And it will really pay off longer term. Because once you've done that hire once, that's it. It's done. It's working for you. You never have to dedicate that time to it again. Um, and you've got so much more time back in your business to go on and achieve bigger, better, slightly different things than than you did before. Amazing. So is there some kind of um, like how do we even start to begin to think about who is going to be our first hire? Like do we hire somebody to, you know, where do we start? I'm an online entrepreneur. <laughs> what the heck do I start with? Do I, our lo- most logical brain is like, okay, I'll get a VA. But then, then we go into a spin, like what kind of VA? Do we need a VA to yeah. create content? Yeah. Do we need this person to do this? Like, where do we start with the whole process? Um, of, like, do we just look exactly at our own it. business and think what's a mess? <laughs> How does this work? I like I liked that you start with the question of who do I hire? Because that can be a really uh, good question to ask yourself. So if you thought about your business now and you thought, okay, I've got a vision of where I want to be in, in 12 months with this business. Who is the person that I need to bring in that's going to help me get that business to where I want to go in 12 months? Like, what are the big changes that you're looking to make in your business between now and 12 months time? That's one way to look at it, to look forward and think, okay, who do I need to come in and support me and help me with this? So one of the first hires that I thought about making was actually around a copywriter, because for me, I wanted to reach more people. I wanted to get the message out. I wanted to help particular people in a certain way. And that was perhaps a skill that I didn't have, the copywriting. So for me, the initial hire might have been uh, somebody that could support me with that. Another way of looking at it is looking at your business and thinking about where are the blocks in my business? Where where is the block in this sort of funnel of client traffic that's coming through? So perhaps you're somebody that's struggling to find those clients in the first place, or maybe you are somebody that struggles to turn those clients, those, those interested people into clients. Perhaps it's the sales element that is a bit of a block for you. Um, it could be in terms of the client delivery. Maybe you literally don't have enough hours in the day to look after any more clients than you've got at the moment. So perhaps that's an area that you're going to need support. It could be sort of after the client, as it were. So that's, you know, getting the invoices out, following up for uh, recommendations or getting their feedback on how it went. So you can use that to bring in some more clients. It could be everything to do with the kind of office systems in the background. But what's the one role that you can bring in that's going to help you clear that block? And if you can start to find where that block is, then you can think about hiring a team member who's really going to make a difference in terms of the revenue you bring in and make it much easier to to invest in that team person. Yeah, I love that. So it's more about looking at what we're what we're doing, but then also identifying what might be stopping us achieving that goal that we're after and then filling that gap. So I love that it's not just like, oh, you should hire a VA, the very first person, and then you should hire a content creator and a social media marketing. Because how many people I've speak to are like, 
I just want someone to do my social media. But if that's not actually going to move the needle in your business, then it's it's not going to benefit you, is it? So it's not about going out and finding everybody's got a social media manager. I need a social media manager. If if you're really struggling to get your invoices out, then it makes perfect sense to have someone at that end. So that's a really good point is to just look at the blocks and then fix Yeah, them. absolutely. And it could be that the first hire you need to make, you know, if you're quite a new business, the first hire you need to make might not even be in your business. It might be that you need to hire someone to help you at home. You know, perhaps you need someone to come in and help with the cleaning and, and get the food shop in once a week, or maybe it's picking up the, the kids from school one afternoon. So you've got a full block of time that you can like really concentrate on your business because in those early stages, you might not be quite clear where the block is yet. So potentially your hire is outside of your business. Yes, Um, that is like golden. I love that because that is that to me was such a game changer. I, I wasn't ready to get an employee, but I definitely needed someone to clean the house. <laughs> so that's a hundred percent so true. And it, it's amazing how that can even um, make you feel or step into that CEO role, isn't it? Like, even though they're not directly in your business, if you've hired someone in the fact that you're paying somebody else for a service on a regular basis, that can sometimes give you enough confidence to then be like, okay, well, I've got a cleaner. Now I can find a, a nanny and now I can find, and then you yeah. can be like, now I can let someone into my business because you're using that as an experience as well, which is, that's 100%. super valuable. You can also then see like the energy shifts that can happen as well. This is in terms of you stepping up a bit and, and hiring someone, but also the energy that you have for your business. You know, I, I think we've all done it. Everybody experienced this in lockdown where you were perhaps trying to work from your kitchen table. There's a million different distractions. You're like, oh, I should quickly put the dishwasher on or I must just quickly do a wash or perhaps I need to order that thing online or, oh, there's a big pile of mess over there. I should clear it up. You know, and those little tasks are going to zap your energy or your focus from the bigger tasks. So if you can, you know, another way of thinking about maybe who you need to hire is if your day or you getting the big needle moving activities done is constantly disrupted by little jobs or things that need to be done, either you might need somebody to take on those little jobs. So that could be in terms of a VA or you need to slightly reorganize your week <laughs> so that those tasks are all time blocked into one space. Um, so yeah, it's kind of every first hire, I think is going to be unique to your business and you need to look at where you're spending your time, where you're getting your energy from, where your energy is being drained and where those blocks are in terms of scaling the business. And I think that first hire could be, you know, the first six months could be one type of person, but then the business will have moved, like the needle will have moved. You will have moved forward in the business and maybe six months down the line, you're actually needing a slightly different person to be either supporting you or helping you with whatever that business block is. Mm, I love this. And when you're thinking about, okay, so you've identified a couple of blocks, but then all of a sudden you identify like 10 blocks and you're like, you know, do we, do we go for a general person that can do lots of different things in this case? Or do we really focus on like, as you said, like a copywriter, but I mean, 
I know personally at the moment, I would just like a unicorn to fall into my lap who can do all my copy, do my ads, do my marketing and yeah, so, and clean the house. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so those people may well exist, perhaps not <laughs> like that whole skill set you've just given me, but there are definitely unicorns out there. And but if you're perhaps bringing somebody on with um, a certain aspect, a certain number of skills, which we'll talk about in a minute, and that person is willing to grow and develop with the business, then it's entirely possible that they could start stepping up and taking on more and more. So when you're thinking about, okay, first, you've got to think what's the biggest block? Because if you're not actually getting any new clients coming towards you, that's definitely the biggest block. There's no point hiring someone to deal with your invoices if you <laughs> haven't actually got any clients to invoice, exactly. you know? Or equally, if you've got to the point you've got somebody bringing you loads of clients, but you're actually having to turn them away because your, your calendar is completely full, then that's definitely the biggest block that you're going to have to address first. So you will know in terms of the scale, okay, which which is the big one that need, needs dealing with. But that person could do a mixture of things. So for example, if you are bringing in somebody to help with uh, generating those leads in the beginning, they could also be the person that follows up with clients at the end. You know, perhaps they're there just making sure that the invoice has actually been sent out, even if it's not them, but they're also following up for feedback or, or whatever it is with the clients. So you can definitely adapt those roles. And it's really good to look at what are the things that I need help with and how can I bring in the right person to help with that? And to do that, there's a couple of things you want to look at. So I would say the key thing to get really clear on is what is the vision of my business going forward? Where do I see this going? What are the sorts of people that I want to have working alongside me in this in this business to take that vision forward? And usually we're looking at the, their values. Do their values sit with the values that the business have? It means that you're going to be working on the same page going forward, seeing what you want from the business and also understanding what does what will this job give this candidate so that you're hiring a person that is going to get from the role the right thing so that they, they stay put in that role. And then obviously their skill set. Now, a lot of things can be taught but there are certain skills that somebody's going to need that you can't teach in certain roles. So, you know, if it's sales, they've got to have that confidence to pick up the phone and, and talk to your clients. You know, if they have that confidence and they've got, you know, a nice way about them, then you can 100% coach them in terms of what that conversation is going to be that they're going to have with the clients. But if they're too scared to pick up the phone, then that's probably not going to be the right person. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of looking at what are the skills I need? What do they have to have? And what can I teach? You know, what are the basics and what could we build on from there? Because it's much more important to get somebody that that fits with the kind of ethos and the values of the business that is trainable than perhaps somebody that's done it all before, but isn't maybe the right person for your business. Mm, yeah, such a good point. Because <laughs> I think that's really important that some things can be taught, but other things definitely can't. Like not being able to pick up a phone if they if you want them to do sales calls, kind of a red flag right there, right? <laughs> it really is. And you would be so surprised, you know, how many people are just not into talking on the phone nowadays. Um, so yeah, it's you've got to you've got to see where are the flags, what are the things that you really need from this person. 
Amazing. And then how do we start to really think about, okay, is this person going to be full-time? Are they going to be contractor? Are they going to like, cause even the, the model can be just so overwhelming. Like, how do I know how many hours I'm going to need this person? Like, is there a method to this madness? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, um, the chances are when you first hire, you're not going to be sure how much you need this person and you probably aren't going to need them full time. And we're actually in an amazing position now where we have so many people with so many different skills working remotely for themselves. And perhaps they have a couple of different clients they're looking after and you will become one of those clients, as it were. So there is the opportunity to build that up. But I think what you're doing is you're looking at, okay, what's what's the bit that needs fixing in the business? How much time, if, if I was an expert in this area, because that's what's brilliant. The person that you're hiring in is probably going to have really specific skills in that area. And if like me, when you started your business, you kind of took on every single role within the business, there, there's a chance, and it definitely happened in mine, that I was not suited to every role in the business. Yeah. So the sooner you can hand those roles over to someone that actually can do it really well from the word go rather than having to teach themselves the whole this is how you market bible or whatever it might be yeah um they're going to come in and actually be able to do that job probably quicker more efficiently more streamlined and probably more successfully than you can so whilst you might allocate like i don't know 15 hours a week to it it might actually only take them 10 yeah so you'll get a better idea as you start to to talk to the person about the the role that you're trying to to recruit them into um and i think we're talking a lot then about the outcome so what is it that this person is trying to achieve from us in our business and then as we're talking to prospective clients we're saying okay how would you go about achieving this how long would it take you you know and and we're kind of working backwards from the outcome of what we want this person to achieve rather than oh i think i need someone in my business for 10 hours a week yeah well, that's, that's great but what do you actually want them to achieve in those 10 hours what's the outcome and then we can work back yeah that's amazing that's such a different way to think about it is and even get their input into how many hours instead of us sitting here and going okay i think i need someone for 10 hours rather than but if you went to them with your problem and the outcome that you need and said i need this you know, email funnel written, how long do you think this would take? And asking them as the expert, I think that would also empower them as well to be, because you're, yeah. you're on that level playing field then, aren't you? You're just like, you give me your opinion too, because if I was to write the email funnel, it might take me four days. But as you said, it could take them just a couple of hours. Like, <laughs> yeah, super valuable. And you can also talk about what is the outcome of, of, this marketing role, because, you know, if they really are an expert in that, they might say, do you know what, actually, Liz, I'm not sure that this funnel is going to bring you what you need. Perhaps this is actually what you need to do. And this is what I would advise. And that's how long it's going to take me. So it kind of depends on the expertise that you're trying to bring in. You know, if it's, if it's a VA that you're hiring first, then what exactly is it that you want that VA to take off your plate? And how much do you want to know what they're doing? 
So this is something I think that people really struggle with when they first hire a VA and they'll perhaps take on that first person in their business and they give that person tasks. But every time the person finishes the task, they need to come back to you and say, is that right? Is that good enough? Is that what you wanted? What would you like me to do next? Whereas instead, we're trying to hand over that whole outcome. We're like, I don't want to have to worry about my diary anymore. Um, I want my VA to be booking everything into my my diary, making sure that all the calls that come in have the right Zoom links, da, 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 da. I give my PA, my VA permission to send those Zoom links from my email account. I give her permission to double check that things are set up properly. I give her permission to flag something up to me if it looks wrong, but otherwise I trust her judgment on making sure that it will run smoothly so that you know that you've handed over the whole thing and you're not going to be asked a million questions about it, which probably wouldn't save you any time by hiring them. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes back to micromanaging, doesn't it? Where I think as entrepreneurs too, we do, we do have that tendency (laughs) to be like, I'll hand it over, but I'll hold this end of the rope very tight. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And the whole point of hiring someone is to try and get our time back. And remember, this probably wasn't your area of expertise when you started the business. So why are you so desperate to hang on to it? What you're really good at. And perhaps that's another way of thinking about who you need to hire. Like, what is your area of expertise? What's the bit of the business that 100% needs to come down to you? And what's what are the bits that you can hand over to somebody else? I, I heard this great quote. Um, it might even be from Stephen Bartlett, someone, but he just summed it up so well. He was like, instead of thinking about, you know, what I can hand over in my business, instead, I'm going to think about what are the things that 100% have to be done by me? and everything else I'm handing over. Mm. So when you think about your day-to-day, if you're thinking about hiring, it might be really useful to time track, you know, what you're doing each day, each week, go back and look at that and think, okay, which tasks that I did this week absolutely had to be done by me and which didn't and which am I really keen to hand over and you can go back and look through that and then you can quite easily start building an idea of okay who is this person that's going to come in and take over these different tasks that are just wasting my time draining my energy and stopping me from serving more clients or doing more in my area of brilliance you know Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head when you said that we try to hold on to so many tasks ourselves just for the, for the sake of it. Like, as you said, you know, we don't need to be doing all the other stuff because like, even as a photographer, my, the only thing that mattered was me showing up to take the photo, all the Mm. other, the admin, the editing, the, like all the other stuff, it really didn't matter who was posting the photos on social media at the end of the day, but um, being such a control freak, it's so hard to give all that stuff up. So I think that's super important to even just be aware of the fact that if you want to grow your business, you, you can't do it all yourself. You need to, even if you hire at certain points, you know, like you might be launching a new program and you just need somebody to help you with the copy at that time, rather than thinking, okay, I have to employ this person for six months, 12 months, like maybe just get the contractor for that, that specific activity or program or launch or something. And even that could be a way of starting small, small steps, like (laughs) bite-sized employees. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, even just thinking about how we talked earlier about how that first role might be somebody within your own home and even relinquishing some of those tasks can be difficult for people. Um, things like, you know, I should probably just stay there for the first like two times that that they come to clean the apartment just to make sure they're hoovering the way I <laughs> yeah. hoover. Like, does it really matter if they hoover slightly different you, differently to you as long as the apartment is hoovered at yes. the end of, of the process, you know? Or if they hang the sheets out slightly differently on the hanging rack, as long as they're then dried, folded and back in the cupboard, does it really matter? Because that's two hours of, of time that you weren't hanging out the sheets and, and folding them and putting them back in the cupboard or whatever it is. So... Perhaps you have to get good at like handing over that outcome first, you know, like uh, stacking the dishwasher. Some people will not hand over that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I often, I do find that weird. Like I'm like, just, it's done. Like, let it go. Like, who cares how it got in there? Exactly. So some of that is, you know, as a business owner, we do have to work on that ourselves a little bit as well. Like relinquishing the way things are done, because our way is not the only way. It's not necessarily the best way either. We're bringing someone in who probably or perhaps knows better than we do mm. um, or just approaches something in a different way. Yeah. And I definitely think for those that are trying to grow the client delivery within their business, this is going to be a huge hurdle because often you're saying to yourself, but I am the business, you know, people signed up because they wanted to work with me, which is great. And I'm sure they did, but if you're bringing, we we could flip that and think about it differently and think, okay, so yes, they signed up to work with me, but what if I could give them more expertise? What if I could bring other people in that could offer a different angle or dare I say it might even connect a tiny bit better with that particular client, you know, because I'm sure we're good. We're, I'm sure we're great at what we do, but there are other people that are equally as good, do it in a slightly different way, or dare I say it, better than we are with a particular client or a particular approach or a particular experience. So yeah. it's around getting yourself clear on, okay, where is this business going and how can I offer my clients more, you know, more expertise, more more looked after, quicker response times, um, better I don't know, better social media posts that that are more informative. Like, how can I give them more rather than it just being on me? Yeah. And I think some of that has to come with our ego too, doesn't it? Like being okay with, oh, what if I get that other coach on board and then they do like her better than me? Like, is that just, and it can be a, a real fear that people have that it probably doesn't even surface until you're yeah. in the situation. Like it's probably something that we'd all be like, oh yeah, no, that wouldn't affect me. And then when it happened, you'd be like, oh, but they, well, deep down these like some, I was talking to um, another podcast interview this week and she was like the the subconscious trauma that we have as kids. Like this could bring up all this other stuff. I mean, so. we're, we're right back in the playground, aren't we? Like, <laughs> yeah. well, like they're more than me. I'm going to be left <laughs> out, you know? But instead we could think, Wow, well done me for bringing in such an exceptional coach to work alongside me that has really clicked with one of my clients and 
and and created like a, a lifetime client from that person within our business or something, you know, and that can be really difficult to start with, but it's definitely ego. And even down to like how we clean our apartments, it's definitely <laughs> ego, you know, how you plump the cushions on the sofa, but nobody does it as well as me, you know, yeah. what if, oh, what if they do it a bit better? What if I like their way better than mine? Like, how will I feel about that? Yeah, so- yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm really on that trajectory, trajectory to get myself out of my business. Like, <laughs> you know, you think about that. If you can if you can actually step up to that next level and go, okay, how can I get myself out of a job but still make money from my business? You know, like long-term vision. And what you're yeah. saying is what if we build this incredible team and we have this amazing business operating? And this could just be my human design manifesto be like, how do I exit, you know, <laughs> at this level? But that yeah. that's a different way to look at it as well. Like, let's go let's go big and think, okay, how can I actually get myself to a position where I'm doing the least amount of work, but I've got this incredible team that is making me money while I'm on a, you know, um, island drinking in the Maldives, drinking cocktails. Exactly (laughs) what we want to think about. And, you know, your business is not a hobby. It's an investment. It's an investment in your future. And you need to see that business as an investment. So, um, I was talking about this recently with someone that we need to flip that idea of thinking about a team as a cost mm-hmm. and thinking about a team as an investment, because we are trying to build something that can continue to grow, that is scalable, that we don't necessarily need to be in all the time. Because when you build your business, you know, you love it. You're all over it. You're just like in it all the time. It feels like your life, your hobby, your purpose, your everything, but it's not. You know, it is a business which is linked to what your purpose, like what you love to do, but it isn't your purpose. You know, your business is there to support you, to support your family, to take you through to the next stages of your life. And I think it's really important to think about, okay, what what is my exit plan if I don't want to be in this business anymore? Like, how can I grow this into something that can continue to thrive without me in it? You know, what if, heaven forbid, something happens and I need to take out an extended amount of time out of my business? Like, what is, what, how have I planned for that? Is it all just in my head? Or have I actually developed some systems and handed those over to other people so that they could run it in my absence? Or what if I wanted to take a six month sabbatical, you know, go travel the world? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm going for. (laughs) Exactly. Like, how can I build this so that I can take six weeks off in the summer and not worry that income isn't coming in anymore, that there's no one there to make the sales, that my clients aren't being supported if they have a problem? You know, and once you start to think about your team as an investment in scaling that business to support you when you're not in it, then it becomes a completely different entity. And we're perhaps not then thinking about what do I need to make my life easier Mm. in terms of perhaps just bringing in a VA for 10, 15 hours a week. We're thinking about what do I need to take this business forward, to clear those blocks, to to bring in a team that can run it, you know, that are outcome driven, that are adding a return on what I'm, you know, bringing in more than I'm paying them. Um, but I've really driven to help build that, build that business and, and help you take it forward and serve more people. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I know we touched on this before we hit record, but we were talking about um, that fear of investing. So what do you say to people that are like, I'm not even paying myself right now? Like, how do I, how do I do, how do I make that shift both, you know, well, financially and mentally? Like, how do we get to that point where we're like, okay, we have to look at this like an investment instead of thinking it, oh my God, it's another expense. Because it's quite interesting what people I don't, um, you know, when I speak to a lot of startups and stuff, it's quite interesting that they'll go out and spend, you know, two, three grand on logos and websites and um, branding. I'm like, that no, is not necessarily going to shift the needle. So how do we, how do you, what do you tell people that are like, I don't make enough money to in hire someone yet? What, what's your bit of advice on that? Okay, so there's two ways of looking at it. But if you've been at that point for a little while where you've just been maxed out, you're you're doing everything you can, but your income is, isn't increasing, you've kind of hit a ceiling, then just continuing to do what you're doing, nothing's going to change. You know, you you are literally using every hour you have in the day. So you need to think about, okay, how do I move forward from here? So you have to clear those bottlenecks. But if you're also at the point where you're a bit, uh, you're more recently started, cash flow perhaps seems low. We've got to think about, okay, where do I want to be in six months time? What has to change between now and in six months for that to happen? So that's perhaps coming back to, I need more clients coming in the door, or I need someone that's better at converting the clients that are interested into paying clients because I hate that sales conversation myself or whatever it is. And thinking, okay, so I know that if I bring someone in to help with that problem, I could probably see a return on that within a month, six weeks, two months, like get strategic about it and really plan. Okay, if I bring this person in and they do X, Y, and Z, the outcome will be this, which will add this much money to the business, which means I can actually afford that person. It just means that you've got a little gap between them arriving and creating that return, which could be a month, it could be two months. So perhaps you only need two months of pay in the bank to get that person going. Perhaps mm-hmm. you bring them in slowly and you build those hours. You know, once once you start noticing a difference, you can start to ramp that up. But you do need to look ahead and think, okay, so this is where the business is now and this is where I want it to go who is this person that's going to help me move it forward to that point? And suddenly they will absolutely seem worth the investment. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good, such a good way of looking at it. And, you know, there's always ways to get that money behind us. If, if we're super, like, as you say, if you can see the outcome and you can see that short-term pain for their long-term gain, then it's absolutely worth it. If you come from that outcome, I love that you say, go from the outcome first and work backwards because it just becomes so much more um, tangible. Like, okay, this person is going to make this much money in, I'm estimating this amount of time by talking to them, by understanding what the process is going to be. I can, you know, not feed the kids for two weeks. Like, that's fine. (laughs) feed the kids. Oh, okay. (laughs) We won't do that one then. Okay. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like we can, if we can have that prediction, we can, we can work back from that. So I I really like that bit of advice. And I also think that often we think the cost is going to be higher than it is, Mm. you know, Um, actually look into 
realistically, what do you need to pay to achieve this outcome? Yeah. What are the different options available to you? Um, and how can you make that work? And that is when working with a coach or someone that can help you push past those, but I can't do that, but that won't work for me. Those sort of negative ideas you have around hiring is really going to help you see like where the pain points are and how you can really easily get those fixed and move forward. Mm. And, you know, you can start to get really creative with your ideas. So it, it and changes happen fast. I mean, I was working with a client um, we started working together the end of last year. She was, you know, completely overwhelmed, overworked in her business and didn't really want to be in that client delivery as much anymore. And within six weeks, she'd not only solved that problem, but made herself an extra 55,000 pounds. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to be creative about how you look at it and, and look at the problem from a different angle. Mm, so that's that's absolutely crucial is just to and know that things can happen so fast like once you start getting that momentum going sometimes you know you push the boulder up the hill but then when you get to the top of the hill it just flows away so quickly like rolls down the other side you know <laughs> like and then and that's think, when you God, get why did momentum. i why have i waited so long to do oh. this why have i waited such a long time to make this happen don't we all so, say that when it actually happens yeah yeah <laughs> So anyone that's in that pain point at the moment, you know, feeling maxed out, overwhelmed, like there aren't enough hours in the day, then it's really worth, firstly, time tracking. What are you doing in the day? Where is it draining your energy? And how can you start to fix those blocks? Like, mm. and, and also looking at your business flow, like where are the business blocks? Yeah. The and this is, this is the perfect segue into how they could come and work with you because this is exactly what you do to help people, isn't it? You you help them go through this process because if even if we have never had a hire before or we're just at that point where we're like, I don't even know where to start. This is absolutely what you what you help people do with, isn't it? So hundred percent. This is what I love to do to help people solve this problem really easily, and so it doesn't feel stressful. Um, so there's a number of ways. You can work with me. I mean, it could just be a one-off um, strategy session. Let's try and plan out that vision and, and see the steps that you need to take. Um, it could be more of a, a group coaching program, details of that coming soon. So if that's something people are interested in, they should just drop me a message if you're looking to make your first hire. Um, or, I mean, it could be any number of ways, but uh, I also work one-to-one -one with people to, to really help them push it forward um quickly and easily yeah um, but it's all uh, you can find me on instagram at the underscore venture underscore architect perfect um, excellent <laughs> and i'm going to put all those links in the show notes because i absolutely think what you're doing is so valuable especially for people that um you know maybe they've had a couple of doozy hires maybe they've done the hires and they're not yeah. And they're gun shy now. Like they're like, oh, that was yeah. really, really bad experience. But perhaps they've missed something and that's something you can help people with too. Exactly. It's just, you know, it may be hard before, but you didn't quite do the groundwork. You didn't quite work it out exactly what that need was. You brought someone in. Perhaps there was a bit of delegating tasks rather than outcomes. You know, don't be put off. Like having that team member is going to change things, but you just need to get the right one, get the process sorted. Um, so it's about how you source that person. Like, where do you find them? How do you hire them? All the actual practicalities that go with that. And then how do you onboard them? So it's kind of easy, it flows and it's minimal stress to you. And that's where I come in. 
Yeah, <laughs> perfect. I love that. It's perfect because it does. It sounds easier than it is, <laughs> but I know that somebody like yourself can really make it straightforward for people. You know, the thing with entrepreneurship is we. A lot of us come in with the skill set of what we're going to offer. So, you know, you're like, I'm a, I'm a great photographer. I'm a great um, doctor, a hypnotherapist, whatever it is that you're going to offer. And then all of a sudden we think we should know everything about business. And yeah. we feel like we should have all that knowledge of like how to hire people or how to build a website or how to do all this other stuff when really we don't. So having somebody like you to say, okay, this is how you hire a team, I think is so critical because yeah. many of us don't know. It's not something we've done before. Like we've stepped out of corporate where we were probably hired and not in that role. Exactly. So- and we were expert in our area, but not all these other areas. So, you know, sometimes it we just need to remember that it's it's okay to not be able to do every single role in our business forever. In fact, it's better that we don't. Much better that we focus our energy into where we are experts, where we're really good, where we have that flow and where we can really, really help our clients. Amazing. Perfect way to finish our podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes so everybody can come and follow you and um, reach out to you if they're stuck and feeling like this is a really big mountain they need to get over. Oh, fantastic. Thanks so much. It's been lovely to be here. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Freedom Boss Podcast. I hope you love this episode and got lots out of it. If you want to share this episode, please do over on Instagram and make sure you tag me at bossmotive underscore Liz dot Morris. And don't forget, I've got heaps of helpful resources available on my website over at bossmotive.com. I'd love to hear from you. So please don't be a stranger. Reach out. Let's connect. My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. So I will see you over there very soon. Have an amazing week and I'll be back in your ears again soon. Take care.